0: It's nice to like look at a moment in life, or or look into the future and and have these positive feelings about something. And you wouldn't do you wouldn't do something like this if it wasn't for those emotions and those feelings. Because if you looked at something and you thought, oh well, that window's a bit leaky, and you know, oh she's got no room to put her bags, well that's a bit shit. I won't do that, you know.
1: Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. Today, I'm sharing a conversation with Florence Hamer. I first came across Flow when I was watching Living Big in a Tiny House YouTube videos. It's a series where the host, uh, Bryce Langston, travels around the world and visits people's tiny homes and gets a tour and talks to them about how they built it, and what it means to them. And I had watched a lot of these videos by the time I came to Flows. It was in the beginning of of when the pandemic really hit the U.S. and I found these videos very comforting and kind of like a nice escape. So I'd watched a lot of them and Flows really stuck out to me. There was something about her that was so warm and authentic and her house reflected that. Her house is beautiful, and she clearly built it so carefully and lovingly and with such intention and such craftsmanship, and it also feels very practical and personalized and like really lived in. It's not just something to Instagram or to be aesthetically pleasing. It's it's really a home. And I think it also stood out to me because, you know, Flo is just a couple years younger than me, and... It was really cool to see a young woman like her, like doing woodworking, building her own home, living off grid. It was just really inspiring all around. And I was so excited to actually get to talk to Flo. She has such a lovely spirit and I really admire her sense of presence and attention and intention. I think she's really an artist and like a born maker who has lovingly crafted her life, just like she has lovingly crafted her home and you know the, the wooden spoons and bowls that she makes. And I'm very inspired by Flo. I loved this conversation. I highly recommend that you check her out on Instagram. You can go to at Flo's tiny house to see lots of photos of her house. You can go to at Flo Hamer to see her wooden wares. And please watch her video on YouTube, Living Big in a Tiny House, Florence Hamer. It will be such a comfort and a bomb on your soul in this time, um, and I think it'll really actually inform the conversation that she and I had. This conversation really inspired me to slow down a little bit, to pay attention to my home and like what I'm bringing into it and how I'm how I'm living in it. And I hope it inspires you in the same way. Enjoy and take care. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here in your tiny home. I wish. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you're virtually virtually here, sitting next to me on the sofa. (laughs) I really wish. I feel like now
1: more than ever, I've been watching so many videos, tours of people's tiny homes and just beautiful homes in general, especially ones that are in like quiet, like parts of the country or like more remote areas. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. I wanna
0: be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? The kind of I I'm sure there's a little pocket of YouTube that has just had a big spike yeah. of kind of beautiful, relaxing videos of like countryside scenes. Yep. <laughs> I've been watching things like that even though I live in the beautiful countryside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of like escape, isn't it? To just And I feel like it's an interesting
1: time to just be thinking about our homes and like our concept of home and what's important to us in our home. Um and so I was actually just kind of curious about what your childhood home was like, or maybe it's homes. I think in the Living Big in a Tiny House video, you said that you had always dreamed of building your own home. So I was just curious about the home that you came from.
0: We lived um quite like not in a city. We lived out in the countryside, but you know, not not super remote and it was near yeah, lots of lots of towns and things and we had i was really lucky because my um my dad's a forester so he he always says that he only married my mother because um she owned a big thing of big woodland which i'm sure isn't true but um <laughs> So we had this, yeah, we lived in this beautiful place where um, there was a nice bit of woodland and um, lots of fields and things that my parents owned. So we had lots of outdoor space, which I think I didn't appreciate at the time when I was younger, but I, you know, I appreciate it so much when I go back now. They still live there um, and I, I lived there my my whole um, life until I moved out. So I lived there with just the four of us as my brother and... And my parents um, and yeah I think me and my brother definitely could have could have appreciated the outdoors a bit more um, but it's nice to come back to it now in life like I've kind of I think I came back I almost do what my dad does now in a way and I think that's a nice thing that I've kind of come to in my own off my own back um, he uh, he does a he does a bunch of different things, but he works um, as a kind of land manager. So he tells people how to look after their estates, so how to look after their woodlands, and um, and he's sort of a middleman between people that want to sell trees and people want to, that want to buy trees. So he sell you know will sell things for firewood, or he does he sometimes does some work with um, films and TV shows, like he'll. Um, be asked for like a scary looking tree <laughs> and then he has to go and find a scary looking tree for some film which is quite funny I mean that's a very very tiny <laughs> proportion of his work but um, yeah that's so he funny. does lots of different things but everything anything to do with wood basically right. he's, he's your man <laughs> yeah and I, I was curious
1: if that planted the seed for your woodworking or kind of <laughs> it, does he does he do any woodworking like when and how did you start uh, doing woodworking yourself
0: Like your, are planted a seed pardon there it's a good one <laughs> uh, I love a good ton. <laughs> I think it's it's funny actually because my dad if you listen to this he'll give me for saying it but he he's not the most handy of people um <laughs> like I mean he is but not in a kind of he doesn't do woodworking in the way that I do it at all um he And I don't know if that's something that he might come to later in life as he retires, maybe, but he's too busy to do that sort of thing now, Um, which I think is a shame because he'd be really good at it. But, um, yeah, it's funny. I think my love of trees and my love of the outdoors definitely came from my parents. But I kind of, I think the first thing, that got me into woodworking was when I was at university. And I lived with um I lived in a house with five it was five boys and me, which was really (laughs) it was it was a really fun house. And a lot of the guys I lived with started doing spoon carving, which I remember thinking was just like so random (laughs) at the (laughs) time. And we kind of we all got into it and we had no idea what we were doing. We were just whittling bits of really dry wood and onto the carpet in our student house and not really knowing what to do but I had lots of people around me like all my friends are really like-minded and I think we bounced off each other and we taught each other and we learned together and I think that was um yeah that time at university was like a real shaping moment in my life and that really formed who I am today I think um those few years and the people that I met and the friendships I made and yeah, the other things I learned when I came out of university and I started doing more sort of woodworking in you know sort of building and things like that I, I definitely came back to my family because my uncle and my cousin were a very very handy and do lots of woodworking and I hadn't really connected with them on that level when I was younger mm-hmm. but when I came to it later in life I I definitely, yeah, connected with them then, and I learned, you know, huge amounts from them. So they, later on in life, I think those two were definitely, and still are definitely, like huge mentors to me.
1: I'm curious too if you've found it easy growing up to do things a little bit again. Oh my gosh, I'm going to make another pun, and I really wasn't (laughs) trying to. Against the grain, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, <laughs> like you mentioned, um, living in a house with five guys, right, and um, and even just I don't know of a lot of women who are woodworkers or who go into woodworking, mm-hmm. um, and also just choosing to live in a tiny house and to build your own home, at, <laughs> especially at such a young age. Like I'm curious if that's something mm-hmm. that just kind of going your own way and um doing your own thing (laughs) if that's been something that has come easily to you or
0: yeah I don't think I really kind of found my people until I went to university and so before that I always felt like I was a bit different and I was interested in different things and I kind of I hate the expression but I was I was always a bit alternative I think which Mm -hmm. I really cringy saying that but I think I can because I went to an arts university, and I think when I moved there, and that it was down in Cornwall, and in the future like beautiful countryside and beaches, and lots of like met lots of outdoorsy people, and I think I it was a real change from like how I'd grown up throughout my school life. So it everything started to click when I kind of started to meet people that were similar to me but I think I don't know it's a funny thing I've just kind of I've definitely like fallen into what I do now there was I never thought in a million years I would be a woodworker when I was growing up and so it's really yeah I've never kind of strived to be really different I don't think I am very different I think lots of people say that to me and it's I don't I don't know I I feel like I know lots of lots of young women that would, you know, that have the potential to be doing what I do, but maybe just haven't taken the plunge. Um when I was when I was working um at my apprenticeship, which was so I was learning about um joinery and timber framing in a um quite conventional building company. We did traditional building, so that's the um so we were working with like you know, beautiful oak timber framing and things, but it was a quite a conventional business st- structure, as it were. So when I'm when I started that job, I immediately realised like, okay, I'm pretty different because I, you know I was the only woman that worked for the company, apart from the woman that worked in the office. Um, and then actually there was another woman that started um, just after me. Um, but apart from that, it and when I said to people that I was a woodworker or when you know delivery men came to the workshop and they sort of saw me in the in the workshop and they like always do a bit of a double take because oh my god why is there a young woman here are mm-hmm. you lost <laughs> you know so it's it's funny okay like I, I just kind of but I've just sort of fallen into it I think and it it just yeah it fits <laughs> somehow a lot
1: of people that I talk to for the podcast talk about kind of falling into whatever they are doing now. Hmm. There aren't a lot of people that are like, I knew from five years old that I was going to do this thing. And I actually think that's freeing because a lot of people are, no matter what their ages are like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up still, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, it's, it just shows like when you find something that you love doing and you're good at, you won't, it's not something you can plan for and, I think if yeah it's it's a nice you know this might not be what I do forever it probably won't be but I think it's that's definitely a really nice thing because I yeah I had no idea and like growing up and throughout school and even at university I was like well, what am I doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean everyone thinks that and it's I was thinking about the other day actually like thinking back and if I could tell myself you know five years ago that this is what I would be doing now I would just like I'd be like no way no way (laughs) is that what you'd be doing and you know I'm thinking like you know into the future like what am I going to be doing in five years and I've got no idea what did you actually study at university so I did um an art foundation year for my first year at university and then I was all set to do like fine art and I was gonna be an artist (laughs) and I realized that maybe that's not the best idea um, to <laughs> spend my money on I mean for some people it's definitely the best idea but for me it, it wasn't I wasn't good enough to to actually pursue a career in fine art so then I actually ended up doing renewable energy which was an engineering degree um but based around renewable energy so yeah but um it was a real change um mm-hmm. but I loved it I've always been very like mathsy and sciencey as well as having a kind of creative side so it was um it was it was really good I loved it um learned so much but I came out of that and I thought it was it was very theoretical and I really wanted to do something practical um and I think now looking back it makes so much sense to me I'm like oh yeah now I know kind of I didn't know at the time that I wanted to do something so practical and work with my hands but you know now that's all I that's all I can think of doing Mm. so it was interesting yeah that I I kind of knew that subconsciously I was like this isn't for me but I didn't really know why um but I I still took so much from it and um yeah and I I use what I learned like all the time in my life actually because I now I live off grid so you know I have a solar system here and I had a vague understanding of it thanks to my degree which was nice I think one thing that definitely helped helped me feel like safe enough to to make these decisions was the support I had from friends and family and people around me because without that I I definitely don't think I would have taken the you know the plunge to say build a house or or move here or start that job or all the things that have led me to to where I am I've never really thought of myself as a very ambitious person but when I look back at my life now you know I'm only 26 so I sound like I'm <laughs> <laughs> preaching like I'm 50 year old but I feel like I feel like maybe you know maybe I'm more ambitious than I give myself credit for mm. and um yeah but it's not it's never been a kind of solo thing like I've never like struggled on on my own to achieve my dreams and you know because I had so much help and so much support and that's something that I've been very lucky that I had and you know not everyone has that but I think it's always out there if people look for it and if people ask for help I think people are often a bit you know afraid to ask for help and think that you have to struggle on on your own to achieve something and I thought that a lot you know when I started the project of the house was so in my mind I was like oh I'm just gonna do it on my own because I thought I could and then actually I asked for help because I needed it and I had so much support and that you know so it's funny having these conversations and I wish that all of the people that helped me get to where I am could be here and have this conversation as well because it's not just me um, at all but yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah it's funny I feel like you kind of identified two things that definitely in my like I'm 28 now so also not I'm not exactly like a wise elder Um, (laughs) but definitely like when I first graduated from college and was like 22 23 I thought I thought yeah like maybe I'm not ambitious but but probably thinking of the definition of ambitious that I just see a lot in the culture which isn't necessarily my version of the ambition like I don't necessarily want to strive for like what ambitious means in in popular culture or like in a narrow definition of ambitious I guess or what you should be ambitious about um and also yeah that idea of like I have to do it on my own I definitely felt that much more when I was like 22 that Again, I think culturally there's this individualistic thing definitely in the US um about doing things on your own and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and um this like really false narrative about <laughs> making things happen for yourself on your own that you just realize like no like a people are built people are born into certain circumstances that deal them a better hand or not (laughs) um but then also yeah like everyone needs help and support and community and friends and people helping them like no one gets to where they are without other people um yeah
0: I mean just I think that is a a funny thing isn't that like when you I mean I found a lot of this kind of feeling of imposter syndrome like oh I don't you know it's not that special what I've done or you know when people say to me that it is because I'm like yeah but it wasn't just me it was everybody but then that's exactly right it's like well no one no one does anything on their own because life is about community and life is about doing things together and yeah and even if someone like
1: even if someone physically built their tiny house like by themselves which i don't know i've never heard someone say like from start to finish i did this alone like pretty much everyone (laughs) even if they're like well i had help for about a week or two and then i finished it by myself or the course of a long time or whatever like Mm -hmm. there were undoubtedly people that helped them get to that skill level and knowledge level where they could do that so there's still a legion of people behind them that got them there you know (laughs) even when someone executes something um alone seemingly yeah. it's really nice to hear you acknowledge that too um especially because the, yeah. the tiny house thing can seem kind of like um if you're not living like in a little community of tiny housers or something there's something a little bit like it seems like you you have to be a pretty strong individual but Underneath that and around you, that doesn't mean you don't have your
0: community of people, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, now I live completely on my own in a very rural area, and but that's actually not something I ever thought I would want to do or would be able to do. I thought, oh, I'd never be able. Don't want to live on my own, and you know, mm. get lonely and these things. And actually, went. I realized that what I was sort of planning for and building for myself as a lifestyle in a home, I realized something say, Oh, this means I will have to live on my own. I will have to live somewhere rural. And no, I hadn't, I hadn't necessarily thought that was something that I would want to do. And then actually it's been, it's been amazing. And I love living on my own. And I mean, the kind of tiny house movement, you know, if you want to call it that, I kind of hate that phrase, but mm-hmm. it's, it is all about that community because and it's not it's not a new thing like people have people haven't just started living in little things on wheels <laughs> like you know the kind of traveler communities in this country go back you know so so many years and it's it's always been about community and that's something that we've lost in in modern day life is that community of living yeah living you know solo lives but within a a broader community and helping each other and and yeah I think I get so I get personally so much from from community and from the people in my life um that even though I live on my own right now and you know especially right now (laughs) during the lockdown I've you know I went to the shop this morning but I hadn't seen anyone in a week (laughs) before this morning and it's even though I have that and that's how I'm living right now I have such a huge sense of community of people that I you know have all. I you mean, know, it's kind of horrible all on the internet <laughs> but mm-hmm. which is weird but it's it's also great it's and it's and what I hope to kind of add to that is I want I want to help people get to achieve the dream that I managed somehow to achieve, like I still don't really know how I did it. It's, all, it's crazy, but it's really, you know, and I, yeah, as we said, like, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have this home if it wasn't for everyone that helped me. And I just want to pass that on and help, help other people. Cause it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I heard you mention
1: in the um, living big in a tiny house video and in the podcast episode, and I don't, I'll, I'll like put links um, in the show notes to those things. Um, yeah. I heard you say that you lived in a few vans before you built your tiny home and you just kind of casually were like, yeah, I lived in a few vans. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I was curious, like how that came about. Were you living on your own? Um, and yeah, just what, yeah. how those things came about.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, it's funny because I did probably just mention them quite casually. But it wasn't, I've never lived in in a van for kind of more than, um, I think, six months was the longest time. So it to me, it felt like I can't say like, oh, yeah, I've lived in a van because, you know, it was more just like I was traveling in a van. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've spent a lot of time <laughs> living in a living in a van I guess so yeah I can say that but um so a couple of different couple of different mo- moments in my life I've done that the first was um one summer I got a job working down um on the Gower which is a little peninsula um southwest Wales here in the UK and I it was it was only a kind of two two and a half month job or something um and I had a little van that I was using for little surf trips and things while I was at uni university and then um decked that out a bit more and moved down and lived lived on the gower in that while I did this job so that was my first kind of entry (laughs) into um into that kind of way of living which was which was great fun and that that was just me on my own but yeah it was only for a few months but it's a great it was a great little um experience and then the, the longest I've done it was in Australia. I went traveling um, there for just over six months. And um, yeah, I flew into Sydney and I bought a van and then I drove up the East Coast um, on my own and lived in lived in my little Toyota, which was <laughs> really good fun. So that was, yeah, it was, it was a very cool experience.
1: How did people react to you saying like, oh i took this job and i'm just gonna live in my van or like i'm gonna travel around australia for a few months in a van like were people Mm -hmm. supportive i feel like especially for younger people and for young women like there's often this like oh my gosh that's not safe at least like here i think that would be the reaction or just like huh (laughs) i'm curious how people reacted to you doing that
0: People, I mean, in general, everyone was super supportive and even jealous a lot, you know, of Mm -hmm. my friends and family. Like, oh, I wish I could do that. But there was definitely, I think probably my mother was the Mm -hmm. the most like, oh, it's not safe, what are you doing? But, you know, I think it was, no, I think everyone was really supportive. And there was never, there was a couple of moments when I was travelling in Australia where, you know, I was parked in a car park somewhere by a beach and some, you know, I had a couple of moments where like there were some people around that um, didn't make me feel incredibly safe, but, you know, nothing ever happened. I was very sensible about, you know, where I went and who I spoke to. And I I think, yeah, that's definitely a kind of global sort of generalization. Like it's not safe for a woman to travel on her own. And yes, definitely, in some places in the world, it's not safe. Um, but I—that was one of the main reasons I—I I wanted to do a—I wanted to go travelling on my own. This was after university, and I'd had a really horrible breakup. <laughs> I wanted to go and travel somewhere and do something just for me on on my own. And I wanted to go surfing a lot, so I was thinking about where I could go. And I—but I was—I was—I was, I was definitely scared about that, about going somewhere on my own and not, you know. It's like, oh, what if it's not safe? And I had those thoughts, but then I chose Australia because I had a few connections dotted about the country that I knew, who were out there already, and then it has amazing surf on the east coast, and it's you know English speaking and relatively safe. So I picked that for one. For that was one of those reasons. Um, and it was. It was. It
1: was. Yeah, it was wicked. That's really cool. So adventurous. <laughs> Um, I heard you say in the video you're like yeah I'm a bit of a worrier and I was like nothing about (laughs) like what you're describing sounds like a worrier but that's probably my own like (laughs) projections of what I think uh just like well I'm a worrier in this way so (laughs) everyone else must be a worrier in the same way
0: yeah I think it's that's funny actually because I always say that about myself and I really feel like I am a massive warrior. I know I am, but maybe it's on the kind of smaller scale thing. I think at times in my life, it's like really changed as well. I've had, you know, moments where I just have jumped into something and I haven't worried about it. And then, you know, but then I, I went to Australia and I spent a lot of time <laughs> worrying when I was there. Hmm. Oh, what's that funny noise coming from my van? And, oh, who's that creepy guy in the car park (laughs) you know it's like there's the you know within that kind of grand adventure that sounds very brave and and adventurous there was a lot of worrying so I think
1: yeah but that's nice to hear because I think um a lot of people are like oh I'll do that thing when I'm the type of person who won't worry anymore and I've definitely had to learn like no, I just have to do the thing, accept that I'm going to be worried probably, like do what I can to control what I can and then let go of the rest and like know my mm. own limits. Like even just um, my boyfriend and I went backpacking just for a night recently because, you know, like the parks are open again and Mm -hmm. we've been pretty stir crazy and we figured like well if we go backpacking um we probably won't run into too many people um it's not like we'll be at a big campground and i've only gone actually backpack like i've done a lot of hiking and camping but i've only gone backpacking a couple of times and Mm. i'm just the type of person who will i were i mean give me a scenario and I will tell you 50 ways that it could go catastrophically wrong like the most the gentlest gentlest things I'm just like and and (laughs) and like to be in the middle of a pandemic um so I but I just have to be like okay I have to be realistic about like what are my limits like maybe maybe I don't backpack 10 miles into the wilderness but maybe I backpack two miles in you know (laughs) (laughs) and maybe I don't do it for three nights right now but maybe I do it for one ri- night right now and like except that during during the trip I am still gonna have those worried moments and it doesn't mm-hmm. I don't have to beat up on myself or not do it at all just because I'm going to have my worries about it like I you know um, I mm-hmm. think it's very helpful for people to hear that like you you had your worrying <laughs> moments too because- <laughs> oh, oh so
0: many so <laughs> many it's kind of funny, isn't it? It's like you think, you know, you look at like pictures on Instagram, or you hear an interview with someone, and you think, oh, they've they've got it all sorted. But my God, can I tell you the amount of things that I've stressed, cried over about, <laughs> you know, like the house or that trip to Australia or so many things, and things go wrong, and I, yeah, I worry all the time. Like, it's. Is. and i think right now especially it's like i'm a huge hypochondriac so yeah. i'm like the, the smallest tickle like, oh no yeah but you know it's and i think it's just something about being <laughs> a human it's like yeah. there's inherent like there's inherent worry of you know but it's I think, yeah what you said is that's so that's such a wonderful way of of viewing a situation of being like, Okay, well these are my limits and and that's and those things will get get, you know, will improve as as time goes on and you can do more and more and it's all just about those little steps like
1: Yeah. And and also that it'll never be perfect. Like you'll never find the scenario where like you have removed all possible scary (laughs) things. Like you have to make some compromises sometimes about like and just and weigh different risks and accept that like you're a human, you're in the world and you just can't. There's no completely risk free situation. So it's about like
0: doing what you can. Um, for sure. And just being being happy and doing what makes you happy and being and being as safe as possible in yeah. that thing that you're doing.
1: And <laughs> I, I know that you mentioned that you got to live in a tiny home um, in Australia for a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. In, or you mentioned that in the podcast episode I listened mm-hmm. to. So was that kind of a turning point for you in going from a tiny home as like, a kind of dream or a fantasy into, like, oh, I could actually do
0: this? Mm. I, yeah, so I lived with, when I, yeah, when I was traveling, I started dating someone who who had a tiny house that he built, and I, I yeah, I spent a, a couple of months living with him towards the end of my trip, and it was, it was amazing, it was, it was such a, I mean, it's that classic, like, travel Romance story, I like, love. I spent an ever and I lived in that beautiful tiny house, and you we know, ate avocados all the time. It's like you couldn't you couldn't have made it up. But it was, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. And living in, I kind of always thought about. I mean, I hadn't even thought about it. A tiny house as the kind of the tiny house movement sees it. I just I always knew that I would build. A home for myself of some sort, and I hadn't had this grand plan or this grand dream of building a tiny house. I just—I didn't even know what I was going to do when I got back from Australia. I thought, oh, I'll probably carry on carving the old spoon, but you know, I hadn't really thought like that. I'd you know jump into woodworking and do all this stuff, and it hadn't. Yes, said it hadn't been a, a proper dream, and then I was living in it, and I just—I just loved our life. I loved how we were living and that was partly because of the house but it was also lots of other there was lots of other aspects to it that I loved that you know I couldn't have like replicated again but I came home and I the real plunge for me was like I was looking at flats in Bristol and house shares and things because I was planning on moving to Bristol when I got back and I just all the places I looked at I just nothing grabbed me I wasn't like inspired by any of these places and they were expensive and I couldn't really afford them and you know I just thought hang on this isn't this isn't really what I want to do and the reason I planned to move to Bristol was because a lot of my friends had moved and actually that was the only reason right there in my life that I was thinking about doing it because I thought oh what else am I gonna do I'll just do what everyone else is doing I'll move to Bristol <laughs> which is. Which, and I suddenly realised I caught myself and I was like, hang on, I don't actually want to do this. I don't want to live in a city. I don't want to live in a house share again. I'd lived, at, you know, throughout uni and lots of houses with lots of people, which was great, but I didn't want to do that again right then in my life. And just had a bit of a moment where I was like, oh, actually, maybe I could kind of recreate in a way, have my own version of that life that I was living in Australia. Because... I was like, maybe I, maybe I can do it. And then it kind of came from there, really. But it wasn't some grand kind of big through my hands. And I was like, I'm going to join rat race. You know, it wasn't like <laughs> yeah. a big kind of planned thing of like, I'm going to go live in a shed in the middle of nowhere. It was just, it's just all come like really slowly and trickled down throughout my life. And now I live in, sh- in a shed in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know. And, um... You
1: mentioned also in the video like that you have a lot of freedom and independence in living the way that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I feel like right after college, well, I had a lot of student loan debt, um, which I think the average in the U.S. right now is like 35000 that people are graduating with um, yeah. in, U- in U.S. dollars. Um mm-hmm and so like the idea of i mean a lot of us like live in our parents homes for if we're lucky and are able to uh for a long time so like i didn't even move out of my parents house until i was 27 um and like owning my own home i didn't couldn't even fathom it (laughs) because of the idea of like a mortgage or something um but so i could see how like I mean, yeah, the idea of having your own home and not uh, having a giant mortgage is I- – I think, like, early on in my 20s, I would have thought, like, oh, a house seems like so much responsibility and, like, it would impede freedom. But now I'm like, oh, no, like, there's – like, yeah, there's responsibility. That could be restrictive in some ways, but there, it, there seems to be so much freedom, actually, in – having your own space and not being tied to like a giant mortgage and things like that. So mm.
0: the freedom of having a house that's i mean movable and the way that it you know the way that I live it means that I can live in in a, a place that I wouldn't necessarily be able to buy a house or buy some land or whatever. That's and that a kind of those both things of having that freedom to do that and also I mean you couldn't live in a t- I mean people do live in tiny houses in cities but I wouldn't want to do that but being close to nature and being able to live out in a rural area was was probably more the push for me and just being able to live I wanted to live a life that was just you know I just I want to just like tread lightly on the earth I don't want to you know I've realized in the last few years what makes me happy and what and how I like to live and that's it sounds really sort of lame but I like living quite a quiet life and I like just being along gently and you know it's all my friends make fun of me because I'm basically an old lady at 26 but it's and I think that that for me was was more the, the draw of, of building a house it was also obviously like being able to own a home that I and I don't have a mortgage thats that is it's amazing I mean I also have I think I have like 50,000 pounds worth of student loan which I mean (laughs) if I'm going on the trajectory I am now there's no way I'm going to be able to pay that off um probably ever (laughs) but you know but I've realized in the last few years that that's not earning earning a huge amount of money and you know striving for that in my life isn't something that I want and isn't something I need. Um, and I think it, it was that having this house has given me the freedom to realise that, which is a nice thing of, it's like I sort of took a little step back for a year and I've just lived, lived in this and I'm, I'm kind of learning about myself, and learning about what I want. And it's the freedom that, uh, to, to have that space to think about those things has been amazing because um, I think if I had just carried on you know and w- worked a lot and to pay rent somewhere that you know in a city or whatever then I wouldn't have had that time to reflect and and realize that that wasn't what I wanted and so that's been since you know that was that's been since living in it I've had that that realization in that, it? and it's a kind of nice nice thing nice reflection of You know, I'm like looking back at the decision I made to move into this house and build it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that I made the right decision kind
1: of thing. You you were saying earlier when we were talking that you are more of like an artist than a builder. And I think like that artist mindset, like if you bring it to your life, it's like, okay, like being curious about things and then just seeing being intentional about what you do and seeing different possibilities like being creative about how you live your life seeing different Mm -hmm. possibilities than um than what might be like very easily mapped out and I think sometimes it can feel like easy to be like oh well I could never do x y and z or I don't have the money or the resources to do x y and z and Mm -hmm. there's real I mean there's like there's things that are very real about um, people's situations in life. And there's also ways to be creative to try to pursue a life that you want. Like something that kind of um, happened for me that I fell into was I, when I was still living at my parents' house when I was like 26, 25, 26 Um, And I was commuting like at least two hours by car every day to and from work, like two hours total, maybe two to three. Um, Mm -hmm. I started volunteering for this organization and I met a woman who lived in a small town pretty close Mm -hmm. to where I work who needed a house sitter and a cat sitter for the summer. And so suddenly I was like, oh, my gosh, I can live in their house and take care of their cats and have a Mm -hmm. really short commute and have my own space um and suddenly I was like okay so there are like other ways to do things then other than just like I need to like be able to pay for my own apartment and it's so expensive
0: around here I can't do that okay that's it
1: (laughs) um
0: yeah exactly and it's that thing yeah being creative about about your situation that I think a lot of people forget that that is a possibility and it's yeah it's and that that goes back to that thing of community and talking to people and it yeah. a word of mouth and that's a it's a wonderful thing to be able to uh, so many of the things that I've the opportunities that have arisen for me so far in life is they've so many of them have come from from word of mouth and from talking to people and meeting people and I think it a lot of people are like oh how did you get that opportunity that's so amazing how did you do that how to do that and it's like well i think it just falls down to if you're looking for the right things for the right reasons and you're going about it in the right way then it will come to you because you'll meet people and you'll you'll have the right kind of conversations and yeah that's that thing i mean a lot of it is maybe luck and you know fate if you want to think of it in that way but that's yeah that's cool as the cat
1: how was the cat <laughs> oh ha- did you say how was the cat yeah was it a good cat <laughs> there were two cats they were very poorly behaved oh <laughs> and oh <no. laughs> um, they the first night like opened the bedroom door and i woke up with like this face upside down on like over my head <laughs> um, <laughs> uh they were pretty poorly behaved. I had to clean up a lot of messes. But <laughs> it was, But that's how I started the podcast because I finally had my own. I had enough literal space and quiet to um, do it. I couldn't have done it at my parents' house, really. Um, wow, that's amazing. So, like, yeah, really nice things came from it. and yeah. um, I saw a really cool TEDx talk where this woman, which I'll link to. I don't remember what it was called or what her name was Um, (laughs) but she just talked about how like if you just tell people this is my dream or this is what I want to do and this is my obstacle if you tell enough people you'll eventually run into someone who will help you solve it because people like want to help each other solve problems Um, and I was like that's a really cool way of thinking about things and I mean there are people who struggle like obviously i mean right now in this country like we are seeing how people have such different lived experiences of the world depending Mm -hmm. on their race their gender their Mm -hmm. you know um all all sorts of things and people are not always as apt to help somebody um or might be apt to Mm -hmm. put obstacles in their way so i don't i want to acknowledge that um Mm -hmm. but i do think generally you know like asking people telling people like this is what I really dream of but this is my obstacle like you might eventually I think I even when that woman asked about house sitting I think I had told her like I had a super long commute you know or whatever Mm -hmm. and it kind of like flowered so again yeah it's different for everyone
0: but um there's definitely that thing of I mean the law of attraction people call it and I you know I in a way I really believe in that because it's it's yeah it's those things of you just you put out into the world what you want and if that's talking to people about it or just talking about it to yourself and thinking about it if you think about it a lot you know that's still that's still putting it out there and I think if I really believe that like if you're doing it for the right reasons then it will Mm -hmm. then it will happen for you and yes that does come from of from my place of huge privilege and i've you know i yeah i seriously acknowledge that and i I acknowledge how lucky i have been in my life but yeah it's that thing of just talking talking to people and i i love that like if you talk to enough people it will happen and and that thing of yeah people do want to help each other that's an inherent part of of life and makes people happy to help people so and then when you get to the point where then you can help other people that's a really yeah and kind of back that's a really wonderful wonderful thing yeah there
1: can be a very romantic idea of tiny homes and just a very like this aesthetic of like oh this looks so good on instagram but mm-hmm. something that always makes me really sad <laughs> which just says more about me and um <laughs> how much i don't like change and letting go of things but when <laughs> i watch a video say it's like living big in a tiny house and he's talking to the like this young couple that just that like has been living in the tiny house for a year and then at the end they're Mm -hmm. like so we're actually moving you know (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a very like this is totally anecdotal but I feel like there's a lot there's like a um I'll get really invested in this like lovingly crafted home and then at the end I kind of realize like either the like the person or the people are kind of like flipping the home or they're just like yeah it didn't really work out which like that's fine everybody has to do its best for them um but something about it makes me like sad I don't know why (laughs) Um, I get but so I'm like I and I don't Obviously, I don't know those people. And like a lot of people, I think it's their intention to only live in it for a short period of time. But then also Mm -hmm. I feel like there might be some who have an idea, maybe a romantic idea about it, that in reality, that's not really what it is. So I'm just curious if you could speak Mm -hmm. to the idea of like the romantic idea of living, of building and living in a tiny home versus Mm -hmm.
0: the reality of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's such a... That's such a good point and that there's that that whole thing of like you know van life and tiny house living mm. and all the hashtags and all that rubbish and it's it is just this whole kind of romanticized thing when i don't know that's like a weird thing about the internet is that that it it adds this other element of of life of like how you show it and how you yeah. how you portray how you live and I mean, I do it. I take aesthetically pleasing pictures of my house and I put them on Instagram and people like it. And it's like, like, you know, I'm not showing like the fact that I've got bags piled up in the corner because I don't have any space to put them. (laughs) (laughs) Things like that. But, you know, I think it really comes down to you as a person and, and whether it suits, and whether living in this way suits you and suits your lifestyle. Because... Yeah, and lots of people will build will build these things and then, yeah, like you said, like realise a few months down the line that, oh, actually, I don't really like it. And and that, that yeah, that's really sad. And that's maybe, you know... It, but then, no, I think I... I mean, there hasn't been... I've lived in the house now for just over a year and there hasn't been a moment when I've thought, oh, I'm going to move out of it because... I just, I just love it. Like, yeah, there are days where it's really windy and the house is kind of shaking and I'm like, oh God, what am I done? (laughs) You know, or like, it's really rainy and, you know, my window is leaking because I didn't build it right. You know, it's not perfect. And there are so many things that are difficult about this way of living, but none of those moments make me ever, they're not enough to make me want to change, you know, how I'm living. But I think it's, and I try and kind of be honest about it with people as much as I can be. And, you know, I try and kind of, I'd like to kind of debunk that thing of that romantic idea of of living in something like this. But I think it's a, it's something that's, you know, all throughout history, like with the kind of traveller communities in this country and, and all over the world it's it is that thing of I mean history romanticizes lots of things and and even like nostalgia and memory romanticizes things and you know I, th- I think back to that trip in Australia and I think oh it was so amazing it was so romantic and am- you know and I was surfing all the time and in reality you know I can remember like there was a day where my van was like it was like on its last legs and I had to sleep on a hill so that I could start it again in the morning by like <laughs> rolling it down the hill because the engine was like so broken and you know it's things like that but I think that's actually it's a really nice that's a, also a really nice quality of like how we romanticize things because it's nice to see it's nice to like look at a moment in life or or look into the future and and have these positive feelings about something and you wouldn't do you wouldn't do something like this if it wasn't for those emotions and those feelings because if you looked at something and you thought oh well that window's a bit leaky and you know oh she's got no room to put her bags well that's a bit shit I won't do that you know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it can be paralyzing if you're only thinking about the things that could and will probably (laughs) go wrong (laughs) yeah yeah but I'm glad that you mentioned that about like having bags in the corner and like taking the photo of the you know neat corner because oh
0: yeah definitely i was just talking <laughs> to so someone
1: silly. i was talking to someone about how like there's something about like especially being like instagram right now and like we all do it like if you have an instagram you do that um because yeah it, it, but it's so tricky because it kind of like it tricks you into thinking you are seeing into someone's home and their most private inner life even whatever thoughts or feelings they're sharing about something like I'm just gonna be really vulnerable today like things aren't perfect (laughs) you know like I chipped my nail polish and I spilled my coffee (laughs) like my life isn't perfect you know and And even that is like romanticizing exactly even that's like okay did you yell at someone that you love today and say something you really regret and that if other (laughs) people heard like you fear they would think you were a terrible person like Mm -hmm. but we're not sharing that stuff because also like we every human has a right to privacy and like you don't owe actually your deepest messiest most painful stuff to anyone Mm -hmm. maybe not even more than like one person in the world let alone to like everyone so i don't i don't and of course like we want to look at aesthetically beautiful pleasing things too like that's fine i just think we always have to like be so careful because it's even if you intellectually understand okay, that photo's not like real life or that's not the whole story. It's hard to like know that in your bones when that's all, when you're consuming it a lot. And so it's just nice to hear you kind of like address that. And I just have to keep reminding myself. So I'm just saying it for my own benefit (laughs) that like, (laughs) you know, um, it's not the whole story and it's not real Mm -hmm. and like people, And, and to just keep in mind, like just how tricky it can be when, you, you are still only getting what people show and tell you and that even if they're telling you, oh, this was the worst moment of my week, it was when I burnt my casserole, like, that still doesn't mean <laughs> that that was actually the worst moment of their week.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah but also, yeah, it's that weird thing of but you're not going to go on Instagram because you want to ha- you want to find out about all the hardships in people's lives. Like, that's not why people escape to social media. and And it's a funny thing, like, I mean, with my Instagram, I just want to show the house, and I want to show, you know, nice pictures of the house, and you know, I don't even even know why I do it. So why does why does anyone have Instagram? It's so stupid. But you know, and my and my personal one is like I I just use that because I want to show people what I'm making, and I want mm-hmm. to occasionally, you know, sell a bowl I've made, or mm-hmm. you know, and I use it in that way. But and I'm not and yeah it's but it's a funny thing of like I feel like oh should I should I be being really honest and showing all my dirty dishes that are taking up the entire kitchen because there's my kitchen is tiny (laughs) but it's like well no because no one wants to see that (laughs) we all know that we all know that everyone has to do dishes and we all know that everyone has to clean their floors and you know that's just part of being a human (laughs) we don't need to talk about it all the time it's interesting to talk about even though it's one of those things that we all know deep down but actually it's still it's nice to voice those those feelings yeah. and like know that you don't know you don't know everything about someone just from looking at their Instagram yeah. or their you know whatever or they, or even like watching an interview with them you have to talk to someone and meet them and that's how you know.
1: So. And I feel like that's why I really I really connected with your with the video of you in your house, because I just felt like, I don't know, like I had seen a bunch in a row of people who like this one, like young hip couple that pretty much just like flipped it. And I was like looking at it (laughs) and I was like, I was like, there's no way you could actually live in that. Like, I don't know. I was just like, that's not, nothing about that feels like, uh, like very livable or like lived in. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't know with yours I just felt like there was so much like it just felt like very loving intention and like you mentioned Mm -hmm. hoping to live there for some years and um it just really felt like you had this sense of intentionality and like commitment and patience and effort that I really admire and that (laughs) you could like feel it and in looking at the house and just hearing you talk about it and so that just like always that really resonated and stuck with me
0: um, oh, that's so. really sweet. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think it's there, yeah, there are definitely people that, and as it goes back to that thing I said about doing it for the right reasons, and I think that, you know, yeah, people, anyone, well, anyone with the skills could build something like this and then sell it, you know, and and build some sort of beautifully aesthetically pleasing thing that, as you said, you can't live in really. Um, But that's, yes, I love making my house look aesthetically pleasing in certain angles and certain corners. And, you know, for that interview, I cleaned the house for, like, days to make (laughs) it look, like, the best it could possibly look. But, you know, even after that, in reality, there's still, there's things everywhere and things on the shelves, and it it definitely is lived in. And I think that's, yeah, I think lots, lots of people, that's why maybe lots of people have liked liked finding my house which is really nice that brings me so much joy knowing that um, it brings other people joy that (laughs) makes me really happy
1: yeah and I could definitely feel that for you like yes there's the beauty of it but there's also like the lifestyle that it enables and I just wanted to ask you a little bit about like the the fact that you live off grid and you said you kind of want to tread lightly on the earth and that also is like very countercultural for me growing up in suburban New Jersey I just grew up with using a lot of Paper plates and plastic utensils and going through drive-thrus and being able to like be at midnight be like "Eh, I want a milkshake I'm gonna go to the (laughs) convenience store real quick and um I'm just curious to hear a little bit of your thoughts on like I know you repurpose a lot of materials to build the home and like that's important to you so just Mm -hmm. wanted to hear your reflections on like trying to live sustainably or and to tread lightly
0: I think it's something that's always come quite naturally to me definitely of living this way and it just it just makes it makes sense to me I don't know I wouldn't think to you know live in any other way I don't it's a funny thing I don't know if that's how I'm trying to think if that's how I was brought up but you know my parents weren't particularly you know like eco-friendly and you know they weren't buying you know paper plates all the time and using disposable things but they weren't it wasn't something that was like drilled into me as a child but it's just something that I've always done because it's made sense but that 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 might just be you know from the people I've I spend time with and and the places I've lived maybe and maybe it's something about yeah living always living in rural places like I've never lived in a city and that's definitely something that it's it's that ease of living in in a consumerist way I don't know if that's you know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense but it's yeah living in a city lends itself to living that kind of lifestyle of because of because of the ease of it whereas when you live somewhere kind of rural it doesn't That lifestyle just doesn't fit in this context. So you you can't live in that wasteful way because, I mean, for me, I have to drive like twenty minutes to the nearest shop. So I don't want to, you know, even when there's not a global pandemic Mm -hmm. happening, I don't want to go to the shop all the time because it's a you know it's a long car journey. And so where you live definitely has an impact Mm. on that. And but I think it's I don't know it just it just fits to me somehow and like my I think also something about living in the house has has made me realize how much how much like resources I use or how much electricity I use and how much water and things like that which it's it's not as easy apparent when you live in a conventional house say um but just yeah so knowing that all my electricity comes from the sun a makes me way more grateful <laughs> when it's a sunny day and I can like, y- you know, have a smoothie or like do mm-hmm. some sewing with my sewing machine. Cause I'm like, yeah, I can, I have power, but so it-, it makes me grateful for every, every time I charge my phone, I feel grateful, which is a really mm-hmm. nice thing to feel. And I think that's something that I don't think many people would have that same feeling. And also it's the fact that I'm grateful because I know how difficult it was to like, you know, get the solar panels how difficult it was to afford to do that and how difficult it was to install them all even though I didn't do it I had my friend do it but you know it's all the things that have led to me being able to just charge my phone like that on a sunny day and it's that's it's yeah it just brings so much more depth to everyday things which I don't think people often think about so it's really it's that's a really nice element to
1: it, I think. But Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I feel like um, <laughs> it reminds me in the movie Lady Bird. Did you see Lady Bird by any chance? Oh, I love that film. Oh, it's oh, so good. Um, the part where <laughs> the nun says to her, like she says, the nun says to her that something about, I'm paraphrasing, um, love and paying attention being the same thing, Um, that love is like paying mm-hmm. attention and it just sounds like yeah. when you are when you have to live with such intentionality, you have to pay attention to how you're living and what your impact is. And um, and then I feel like love can grow out of that because you do feel that sense of gratitude. And like I would mm. imagine maybe a deeper sense of presence because you're actually, you know, you're right there like you have to you have to be so present I think to like Mm. to be so intentional and to put in the time and effort
0: that it requires to live like that so Mm. yeah that thing of being really present and being kind of close to it of your you know I'm so aware of the weather and I'm so aware of of kind of external forces to me because it all affects how I live so much so yeah, if it's, re- if it's not going to be sunny for a few days, I have to think about that and I have to plan for that. And so it makes... So, it, yeah, it's that thing of it makes me really present and it makes me really, like, grounded in what I'm doing. And it slows you down because it. I, I live a very slow-paced life, especially now, you know, I'm not... I don't have... Ne- I mean, I've never really had a super fast-paced life I wouldn't want one, but it's that thing of just living living with the land and living with you know, with the weather and everything rather than against it. You have to roll with it, right? Like
1: I heard you say in another podcast that there was a day where just like everything broke. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so oh, I could see how yeah. that could, – it could be really hard sometimes too, I'm sure, but then – you were saying you felt like you had grown from dealing with it and fixing it yourself and you have that gratitude for when everything works so it's Mm. like I could see how that
0: would just really shift the way that you live
1: and see things yeah
0: and that I remember god those days were that week was so bad but and that's the thing is like you know I didn't even if I think I tried to sort of tell that story on Instagram and it just didn't you know I was like it's not all perfect because this this and this happened and actually like it's still just felt weird just even like you know no one wants to hear that but it's yeah it, it's that thing it forces you to slow down because I couldn't do anything for like I couldn't really go anywhere or do anything for a few days because my I had to fix my sink and you know and like at that time the we had some flooding around this area so I couldn't I couldn't leave anywhere I couldn't leave the farm because we were like stuck because we couldn't get over the river (laughs) and you know things like that but it's it just you know it it just makes you realize like you're not we're not this kind of we're very vulnerable to lots of things and I think people is I mean this is generalizing hugely and I'm sure like people don't all think this but it's easy to think that oh I'm I'm invincible and I, I'm not affected by you know by nature and actually when you live in a, in the way that I do anyway you really are <laughs> affected yeah. by it and I think that that's something that I think in general as a planet we need to realize more and more and people need to start living more like this because it makes you realize you need to live with the earth rather than against it and you need to tread lightly and uh, I you know we're not treading lightly and I think that's Mm. because because people don't realize that we have to um yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then we
1: we need systems that support that right like there's so many things that feed into people so many systems that I think kind of set people up to struggle to live in a way that they actually would want to um Mm. Yeah, which is a whole other conversation, <laughs> but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have one last question that I try yeah, to okay. always end with, if you don't mind my asking, yeah. Um, which is, what's something that you're learning about or growing into lately? And it could be completely unrelated to anything we've talked about.
0: I think, I mean, right now I'm really, I'm thinking a lot about the future and I'm trying to sort of plan plan ahead a little bit while I've got this time and space to think about these things which is a luxury in a way but and I'm yeah I'm thinking a lot about what I want in life and what I you know where I want to live and what I want to do and um right now a lot of it is realizing that I'm I'm doing a lot of the things that I I just want to keep doing what I'm doing which is a really nice feeling because I'm like oh wow I made some good decisions and I'm doing good things that make me happy so that's a nice thing but there's lots of lots of things I've realized that I need in my life that I don't have and that's one of them is that sense of community around me um in person um so that's something that I'm really I've learned about myself recently and um and something that I'm making steps towards um and yeah thinking about big things like buying land and you know those sort of things which are kind of exciting little plans little things that are percolating away in my brain but um, yeah and I'm also well, something more practical I'm starting to learn how to make chairs so that's exciting <laughs> Ooh, that
1: is exciting
0: yeah I've just made my my first chair ever which is which was a real learning experience so that's something that you know I've been doing yesterday that's very cool are
1: you and are you do you feel like you will be staying in your tiny home for a while not to set you up with, like, I was just like, I get so disappointed in people when they leave them.
0: <laughs> Imagine if now I'm like, actually, I'm going to ask that, Actually, in the process like, of Imagine. moving. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should ask, because actually just... No, I am, um, yeah, I'm, like, looking around now, and I'm just like, I, could, I, I couldn't leave <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. I think, yeah, I don't know, I right now it just it really fits and it's it's wonderful and I feel really really lucky and happy to be to be able to live here um and I, I'll probably move soon like move location but um I'm gonna definitely stay in the house if yeah. I as for as long as I can <laughs>
1: yeah wonderful yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that yeah that things are going well in a lot of important ways <laughs> regardless yeah. of everything else right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. The little things that
1: are keeping me happy and it's yeah, I'm very lucky. <laughs> and also since we mentioned Instagram, not that I said glowing things, but where can people find you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you wanna see lots of aesthetically <laughs> unreal pages. <pictures, laughs> no. <laughs> it's all definitely real, but um so I've got two Instagrams, my, I've got Flo's tiny house, which is mainly just for the house and then um, Flo Hamer, which is my, which is my name. And that's where I put more of my woodworking. Stuff. So. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Perennials podcast. I'm Victoria Russell. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps other people to find the show. You can follow along on Instagram at Perennialspodcast, and feel free to send me an email at perennialspodcast at gmail.com. The song you're hearing now is I Orbit a Moon by Paul Finn.